seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, no, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Welcome to Murder Her. I'm Danny. And I'm Gabe. And today we'll be talking about the murder of Linda Anderson, committed by the Bathtub Girls. So the Bathtub Girls are Sandra, age 16, and her sister, her younger sister Beth, age 15. They were honor roll students, considered some of the brightest students by their guidance counselor in his 30 years of experience high achievers, overall just incredibly bright students, and they were being raised by their single mother in a low-income household. Their mom was working two jobs just to get by, and she was also an alcoholic and depressed. So these young girls were being raised by their mom, who was a single mother. Their father had left them when they were both pretty young, and their mom was working two jobs just to get by. They were obviously, they were low income, and these girls had trouble with that because they had friends who, made, who had more money than them, and these friends, they just wanted to be like them, and these girls thought the more money they had, the more popularity they would get. They wanted a big house, a pool, to be able to go on trips, and they began to blame their mother for, for their lack of ability to reach these things, and she became the villain in their own story. So they planned what any normal person would do, which is planning their mother's death. So they realized if their mom died, they would receive the insurance money and they began to research the best way to get rid of her and get this money. They researched a lot for months how to do this without raising suspicions. Later on the hard drive of their computer, over 14,000 hits were found for the word drowning, as well as codeine and bathtub. They eventually chose to go with drowning because they thought it would be fast and unspectacular. So on January 18th, 2003, the girls began to enact their plan. They knew their mom every weekend. She would drink a few drinks, eat dinner, take a bath, and then go to bed. So they figured, we'll use that to our advantage. They began to give her drinks, their mom drinks, and they crushed up some Tylenol-3 pills and put them in, six Tylenol-3 pills, and Tylenol-3 is Tylenol with codeine. Codeine slows down your heart, as well as alcohol, which also slows down your heart. So together, these really drugged up the mom. She became incoherent. She could barely walk. As they waited for these drugs to kick in, they went online to talk to their friends. Their friends were completely aware of the murders. They even gave suggestions and almost encouraged it. One friend signed off while they were talking with, good luck, wear gloves. After the drugs kicked in, they walked their stumbling mom towards the bathroom. The girls had to help her into the bathtub because she was so 
inebriated by this point. They put gloves on and told the mom that they'd like to give her a massage. They had her turn over onto her stomach and then held her underwater for four minutes. Sandra, the older sister, is the one who actually held her underwater, and Sandra said that it was physically difficult to hold her head underwater, but not emotionally. After they finished the murder, they went out to dinner with friends to form an alibi and also celebrate their success. Upon returning home, they called 911 and the operator tried to walk them through how to perform CPR. They absolutely refused to touch the body or try to get their mom out of the bathtub at all. When the police arrived, they deemed it an accident. They didn't see anything suspicious and the cause of death was ruled as drowning with high levels of alcohol and drugs in her system. Due to her history of being an alcoholic with depression, this didn't raise any red flags. It was reported that the father took them in after the mom's death and for an entire year they got away with it. Almost exactly a year later, in January of 2004, the sisters were at a party and Sandra met a guy that she liked and wanted to impress. She started telling him about how she had murdered her mother and the guy went to the police and the police set up a sting operation. They gave him a wired car with audio and video and he went and picked up the sisters. The sisters confessed to him and explained what they each did in the murder. This was enough to arrest the girls and get a warrant to go through their computer. In the computer, the police found more than enough incriminating evidence. There was the messages between the friends discussing the murder beforehand and planning it, as well as during the murder and talking about what was happening. There was the over the 14,000 hits on the word drowning. There was the hundreds of hits on coding. It was quite clear that these girls had planned and executed the murder themselves. They were sentenced to the highest sentence anybody underage in Canada can get, which is 10 years. And they were released in 2009 and 2010, which is four and five years later. Beth had tried to get released after two years, and her therapist came out and said, this is a quote from her therapist, she has little empathy for others, sees herself above others, gets annoyed and irritated easily, needs to always be in control, has distorted thinking, is very demanding, and refuses to see things from others' point of view. She did not get released after two years. She was in prison for another three years but still didn't serve the full sentence. The older sister, Sandra, was released to a halfway house in 2009 and was later accepted into the University of Waterloo with a $2,000 scholarship. And she later became an engineer. The younger sister, Beth, pursued a career as a lawyer and is currently a defense lawyer. And keep in mind, these are all fake names. Canada is extremely protective of any underage criminals, and these girls' names have been changed to protect their identity. You're not supposed to know who these girls are. You can figure it out if you do enough research. But in Canada, that's probably a lot harder. 
because Canada does get rid of any websites that give information about who these girls are. They changed the dates in the Wikipedia page to the trial dates and stuff like that to make it harder to research. So that is the story of the bathtub girls. Okay, so rewind to the beginning. These two high school students planned and executed the murder of their mother. Yeah, so, and this does come from, from a friend of ours who we, we told the story to ahead of time. Normally, these girls would be the kind of people you root for in like a movie. They are intelligent, they're nerdy, mm -hmm. they just want to be popular. Yeah. That, that is the foundation for so many teen movies across, you know, the last 20 years. Well, I, I guess less so in the last decade, but certainly in like the 90s and the early 2000s. But, you know, like that's just that's a common trope is the nerd who wants to be popular. And mm -hmm. just going off what you said, where, you know, a year passes between them committing the murder and getting caught. Right. And they only got caught because they were going around talking about it. Right. But in that year before getting caught, they were partying, right? Yeah, they were partying a lot and having a great time. So they did end up achieving their goal <laughs> to an extent. So their goal was to get popular, but your mom dying, you getting money, that does not equal popularity. People want stuff. People want to know you have the drugs, the music, the house, the... You know. Exactly. Yeah. So with the money they got from the insurance, they wanted to spend it on a trip to Europe with their friends, a house with a big yard filled with marijuana and yeah. fancy clothes and a swimming pool. I would have liked to have heard that conversation. Let's say six months in after their mother's death, did they talk and go, yeah, you know, it's been six months. I think it's cool if we seem happy now. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did because it, they mentioned they had wanted to kill their mom the Saturday prior, but they put it off because there was a party. So and, good priorities there. Yeah. So, you know, I could totally see them being like, you know, what, we can't kill her this night because we, we have to be sad afterwards. There's a party coming up. We should wait. So it's similar to like, hey, we should. When is it an acceptable time? to not be sad anymore it's just you know for for as smart as they are and i mean they did for all intents and purposes get away with murder yeah they did so they are smart they speak five languages mm -hmm. i mean even post jail mm -hmm. they got advanced degrees and they seem to be living a relatively normal life now so no one can deny the fact that they're intelligent but for as smart as they are they really went about this in a lot of dumb ways. <laughs> well, they were pretty young when they did it. Yeah. I'm sure nowadays they'd be smarter. But just like the fact that they searched the word drowning 14,000 times. Oh, I know. I don't think I've ever Googled something 14,000 times. Right. And drowning doesn't change. People don't drown yeah. less or more in a bathtub depending on what you Google. You know, you, you would think, okay, maybe maybe like 100 or 200 times you search up, you know, the effects of this Tylenol with alcohol and what that would do to your respiratory system. But to just Google the word drowning 14,000 times. Yeah, they went to some deep places on the internet. 
I, I don't know. I know they Googled, like, how the average amount of time it takes to drown somebody four to six minutes. No. Two, yeah, four. Two to six. Two to six minutes. Because they split the difference. And they, yeah, they did four. I would have gone for six. I'm yeah. extra cautious. I thought maybe they really wanted to get to that after party with their friends. Yeah, that's, they, maybe. You know, they couldn't spare those those last two minutes <laughs> waiting. Well, I think probably what happened was that the mom might have maybe stopped fighting back and they're like oh she's not moving she's probably dead now yeah <laughs> i don't know i've never murdered somebody i don't know what it's like yeah i i mean i'm in the same boat you're yeah. in but that's all so insane i guess when you're a sociopath you don't have that empathy it's true i mean you know depending on the severity you look at people like you would you know a piece of furniture and you're like oh i can get rid of this furniture and sure, I have to avoid getting arrested by the cops because other pieces of furniture care if I destroy this piece of furniture. Yeah. Oh, so these girls, they ended up receiving 68000 Canadian dollars in 2003. Today, that would be 90000 in Canadian dollars. And for those of us in the United States, that would be $65,500. Oh. You know, in certain parts of the U.S., you could probably get by conservatively for two years. Here in California, that would last you one year. Yep. But you really couldn't party very hard with that much money. Oh, no, you could barely buy any Coke. Yeah, I mean, none. <laughs> but So these girls, after all this, they pull off the crime. They can't keep it in their pants so to speak i mean they do you know one of them blabs for a guy and he is the only young person in this entire murder this entire story who seems to have anything resembling a moral conscience because he yeah. goes he goes to the cops yeah um all of the friends not only supported the girls murdering the mom but they also encouraged it they gave ideas they just it was wild so yeah they encouraged murder the whole time and not a single person in this friend group went to the police or even to a parent and it was extremely real for them like they knew when it was happening but still they did nothing and they met with the sisters after the murder and they went out to dinner and celebrated and still, like, after it happened, nothing. They all kept quiet. One of the craziest things about this story is everyone in it is still around. Mm -hmm. So these sisters are still walking around with their careers, with their spouses and kids and pets. And they just live with this day in and day out. And I'm sure they, you know, don't, they sleep pretty soundly at night just because of how they, their brains work, who they are as people. Mm -hmm. But they're friends. How do any of those people, like, how do you live, how do you live like that? <laughs> well, I feel like, I don't know, even as far as moral consciousness, I feel like you and I aren't super emotional about things, you know? Like, right. we're not very, I don't know, we're more factual. So even for us, it's difficult to understand. Because the mom provided food, she provided shelter, she even started a college fund for them which they found out after they killed her and they said they kind of felt bad about killing her and finding out 
she was trying to provide a future for them, but like not really because they got more money after she died. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's hard to understand their reasoning. And I think more than anything, like even taking away emotion and stuff, it was more like it was just an end goal of theirs that they were so focused on. I don't know where I'm going with this. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it goes back to she was a piece of furniture to get rid of. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of in the way of their ultimate goal, which was more money. Yeah. Well, more popularity. Yeah. And money was a way to get that. Yeah. Well, they had a pretty good year afterward. Yeah. They seemed to party it up. And just unfortunately, I guess I kind of wonder now, the guy who ended up getting wired, surely they told other people besides their friends. I mean, I guess I have a hard time believing with what a need they had to talk Yeah, that this was the first guy, the first person they told outside of their friend group. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about that. And if I was at a party and somebody came up to me and they're like, I murdered my mom. I just wouldn't believe them. Like, I probably wouldn't go to the police. So I'm not sure if maybe they were at the party. They told him some pretty serious details or if he Googled them and saw that their mom had died. I don't know. But I don't oh. think I would even go that far if somebody was like, hey, I murdered somebody at a party. I'd probably just be like, all right, you're somebody I'm going to avoid. Yeah. I mean, especially in 2004, phones with internet access weren't as readily available. So odds are maybe he, maybe they just fed him details or he followed his gut. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, even if they're sociopaths, which they probably are, they killed their mom. Let's be real. Um, even if they are sociopaths, like they still, I guess part of it is maybe you don't think of consequences, right? Yeah, that that is a part of it. Um, it turns out 70% of our prison population, um, are somewhere on that spectrum of of antisocial personality disorder because yeah, you think, oh, I'm going to go rob this convenience store and you just, you're not really capable of fully thinking out the consequences of these actions. You tend to go, oh, I need this. If I steal this, hurt this person, I get that. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So so there is an element of that. So however smart they were, they just couldn't fully, and also they're teenagers. Oh, which, that's tough enough. Yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> it's a double whammy of, of sort of being able to think out consequences. Mm-hmm. So they just found themselves thinking yeah like we'll, we'll murder our mom get money easy peasy all we have to do is not get caught by the cops they they commit the murder it's ruled an accident and they're like cool we are done this has now been beaten prison is off the table and they were emboldened to go brag about it were you taught in we both majored in psychology but were you ever taught like in human development teenagers are Oh gosh, like it's almost like there's a word for it. They think the world revolves around them and they like have trouble seeing anything past that. Oh, I mean, that sounds like just being a narcissist, but yeah, like there is something to it. All teenagers are pretty much like that. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you think they could grow out of that? Like, do you think that maybe 
them serving four and five years in prison is enough to reform them? Based on what that that psychiatrist or the psychologist who made that made that case against them or against the younger sister, Beth, yeah, yeah, against Beth. Uh, I don't know. That sounds like just something is off with how she was made, and you, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're young. But let's say, well, this... are they young? Because at like sixteen, I was like, you know what, murder is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, more what I mean is you, you want to give give them the benefit of the doubt that they that they can improve. Mm. So whereas right now I, I'm inclined to say they're sociopaths. They'll always be sociopaths. They've killed before. They may kill again. Not worth the risk of letting them out into the populace. But one side of you wants to say maybe they can change and be rehabilitated and, and become better people. But there's not many degrees better than what they did. To be able to kill your, your own mother at that age in the way they did to party the entire year after even if you're 10 shades better of a person that's still a person who'd be willing to do quite a lot to another human being and i don't know if that change is in them right it does seem like they're both in pretty good careers right now one of them is married with a kid she has a dog um but at the same time, like, they almost got away with murder once. Who's to say they won't try it again? Exactly. I mean, their mom was in the way of popularity. What if one of their coworkers is, is in the way of a promotion? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, their husband is in the way of a huge life insurance yeah. settlement policy, whatever it's called. Yeah. I mean, did you ever watch Forensic Files growing up? Not growing up, but pretty recently, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I used to watch it growing up. It was on, on Channel 49 at the time. Um, I don't even know. I think it's on Netflix now. <laughs> yeah, now it's on Netflix. But I, I still remember the channel. I would watch it at night. Uh, but that was off, so often the reason for spouses to murder each other. Yeah. It was, oh, well, they got this. Even even if they didn't have a life insurance policy, it would always be the case that they like the, the spouse purchased one for the soon-to-be-murdered spouse. Yeah, like, that's not a red flag. Yeah. Was it, it usually the guy who murdered the girl or the girl, the guy, as far as I life mean, insurance? In terms of overall murders, men definitely murder their wives more often. Even if it's for money? Yeah. In, in terms of the reason to commit murder, mm-hmm. women are more likely to commit for monetary gain. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but, but men are just more likely to murder for power out of anger. At least we have a goal. Yeah, I mean, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so these are the bathtub girls. It's not what you expected, was it? No. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you for listening to Murder Episode 1. If you liked this episode, follow us on Instagram at murderher.podcast or go to murderher.com. That's M-U-R-D-H-E-R. Thank you.